Welcome to Evolve to Succeed, the podcast that brings together entrepreneurs, founders, business leaders, and experts to talk about their journeys and explore the link between personal and business success. I'm your host, Juan Munson, founder of Evolve, a coaching, training, and development company focused on enabling business and personal success and creating a community of like-minded individuals. Whether that be through our peer groups, one-to-one coaching, our training and development programs for you and your teams, or through our content and events, our mission is to get the best out of each individual and inspire them to be better both in life and in business. If you want to learn more about Evolve, including our beautiful co-working space in Ashley Cross in Paul, then please go to evolvemembers.com where you'll find great content, insights, details of all of our services and also information on our forthcoming events. For now though, let's get on with the show. Welcome to this week's episode. Today we're doing something different. We're having a panel discussion on the good, bad and mad of what may be coming in 2023, featuring three guests, Mark Cribb, founder and managing director at Urban Guild, Alex Scan, co-founder and managing director at Void Acoustics, and our third guest, the managing director, co-founder at Talent Drive, is Martin Smith. Mark, Alex and Martin represent different sectors, hospitality, product manufacturing and business services respectively. With so much noise around 2023, I wanted to get their perspectives on what they see as the challenges and opportunities for the forthcoming year. Among those topics discussed are how COVID prepared us for by refocusing our why and how this will help business owners to slim down and focus on the basics once again. We also address issues such as looking after your team during uncertain times, hybrid working, attracting and retaining talent, and navigating the rapidly rising trends of sustainability and artificial intelligence. Finally, I ask all the guests what good will look like for each of them come December 2023. It's a conversation full of interesting opinions and insight, as well as in equal measures, optimism and caution. Whatever your sector, any business owner looking to add as much wisdom as possible as they set out their plans for 2023 and beyond will do well to listen to this discussion. Please do enjoy. Welcome. Well, this is a bit different. I've got three guests in front of me. So welcome, Mark. Um, Welcome, uh, Alex and welcome Martin. So each of you represents a different sector. As I explained to the listeners in the uh, intro, we've got hospitality, product and mar- uh, manufacturing and business services represented. So really this is kind of a catch up on what we think may be coming down the line in 2023, the good, the bad and the mad. Um, so we should probably just kick off really with a little bit from each of you of what you think perhaps your top three to start Start with the negative so we can move to the positive. So let's think about what you think your top three challenges for 2023, the year coming is. Um, Martin, could I turn to you first? Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for having me again, Warren, on the show. Um, So I think for me, I'm going to gear a lot of my answers today around the the profession I'm in, obviously in in the professional services sector and recruitment specifically. So I think the major challenge is going to be the war on talent this year. So I think it's around retention of your talent. Um, attraction of your talent and I think just the general inflation with supply chain volatility and things going on the market there's been an increase in salary inflation as well so I think that all encapsulates the, 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 the sort of issue around employment engagement and um, maybe we'll come on to that point later but I think they're going to be the biggest challenges 
because um, ultimately, if you don't get the right people, that's going to stifle growth uh, in an, an investment. So that would be my... Okay. Well, when we get to the kind of discussion part, we should definitely, and I made a note already, we'll, we'll talk about the war on talent because I'm sure it's something that's going to affect us all. Alex, what are your thoughts and your challenges that you're facing? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'd split it up into three sectors. Um, people, supply and money, they're, they're my kind of main concerns. And they are broad as much as they are narrow. People really, we, we, we are recruiting quite heavily. Um, we've been recruiting quite heavily over a year. It's not getting much, much easier to recruit. It's still, as, as uh, we were saying earlier, still quite hard to recruit people and can I can I recruit quick enough mm. for the business needs and obviously there's the needs of the people in the business that, that at the moment it's all a bit unknown what's the future bring what's mm. the personal expenditure you've got to go through to get get through the day uh, money obviously interest rates are, and uh, are quite volatile so if we need to be borrowing <coughs> anything within the business or as any anybody else in the the uh, supply of our business needs to borrow. So whether it's our customers or our customers' customers or our supplier, so that there's always that concern is can I get hold of mm. cash and, and is it going to be cost effective? Um, is it going to be constraints on borrowing? Um, and the other, other is supply. So in the last year, a lot, well, last 18 months, two years, especially in the electronic sectors, uh, as a lot of other sectors, the supply of goods and materials has been hampered as as the demand post-COVID had come through. Uh, that continues to be a problem, especially in electronics, which we are involved with. Um, on on the on the plus side, um, there is that things are getting a little mm. better from supply at the moment. But with all these unknowns in front of us, though, they're the three areas we'd be looking at. Yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah, 2022 must have been quite tough in terms of that component supply issue and yeah seeing that challenge continue into 2023 sure. as it works its way through i'm sure will be something that you need to face won't it um mark turning to you your your three challenges for the year. yeah thanks Warren. thanks for having me back um it's, it's easy to sort of you know focus in on your own sector and it just feels like certainly in hospitality that we've been in the eye of the storm now for so long with everything that happened in covid and then so little time to recover um, and one of the big ones now that I guess we're going through is, is consumer spend. You know, we're, we're directly in, in that sort of either storm again in the fact that the BBC are constantly telling everybody that they haven't got any cash. I'm not sure if the reality is actually there out on the street yet, but, but this whole, you know, res recession word. And certainly people are having problems with their energy spend at home, which directly impacts how much they're going to spend in restaurants. But that energy spend in restaurants is insane. You know, we all run really big premises. We need to keep those premises warm and cosy. We tend to have loads of lighting. We've certainly got loads of expensive kitchen equipment that are constantly on. You know, whether there's one person in the restaurant on a quiet breakfast service midweek or, or 120 people there on a Saturday night, the kit is on. Mm. It's a little bit more if you're cooking for a busy service, but fundamentally the equipment's on and, and that energy cost and the government coming out and saying that they're going to stop that support or at least limit it um, from March that's really worrying and then the other one is, is staffing you know same as the other sectors I guess is just that recruitment and whether um, you know some of our recruitment naturally tends to come from overseas unfortunately uh, I say unfortunately in the fact that the European market you know tends to be really they really love hospitality they're motivated for it and there's an issue now around visas and, and, and access for people to come across so those are probably my top three I'll give you another five Warren but I'll stop there <laughs> <laughs> yeah I asked for three yeah. I'll stop there but it's interesting because all of you have mentioned and we will therefore have a discussion around it um, maybe in a moment around those team people recruitment uh, talent so um 
you know, let's go with the positive then. Obviously, 2023, it's, you know, the podcast is entitled The Good, The Bad, The Mad. The good side of things, and let's go in the reverse order. So, Mark, where do you see your opportunities in the year? Yeah, well, you know, I think something we learned in COVID was just how important it is to spend time with your friends and with your family and how bored we all got of being locked up. And I think there's still this this recognition that actually, you know, hospitality is important and, and we don't want to be on Zoom calls. We want to be meeting people face to face. We, you know, we don't want to be not seeing our friends and our family. So I suppose despite the sort of the, the constant propaganda, uh, it does still feel fairly robust. You know, we've just come out of a, of a pretty decent Christmas period. It wasn't as good as it should be, but, you know, compared to Omicron and obviously the year before. So, so I'm, I'm interested to know, um, yeah, I suppose, the reality of this you know media kind of downturn and media recession and how long so i'm so I'm, quite, I'm fairly optimistic that actually we're quite a sticky sector uh, and people are excited to go out although i said you know staffing as, as a negative again it does feel like it's changed a little bit you know i, I think a lot of independent restaurants are, have cut down their hours we learned in covid that it was okay to close occasionally and you know we're, a lot of them are down to five days weeks we've learned you know you don't have to be open from 8 a.m till midnight seven days a week uh, and i think a lot of the sector you know it was quite a sick sector you and i have spoken about this before about the fact that hospitality was was ill before it mm. before covid um you know partly because of the, the you know the growth in the in the sort of um v backed you know chain restaurants and all that kind of stuff so in some ways a lot of the a lot of the rubbish has gone you know a lot of places have gone and actually for the ones that survive you know there is a there's a smaller supply so if the demand is there we've got a smaller supply network so uh, yeah I'm, I'm optimistic about that and uh, I'm always optimistic that it's going to be the best summer on record Warren and it's going to be hot and sunny and everybody's going to be really thirsty and wandering around in, in uh, swimming trunks and bikinis uh, wanting to drink cocktails and cold beer so that's going to be great that's so, it over the optimist <laughs> <laughs> Alex, yeah. So, uh, twenty three for us as a business is as a, it's probably one of the most exciting years since since we even started. So, um, I'll, I'll kind of go back post uh, post COVID. You know that that whole process of COVID regeneration, refurbishment, renewal. It was, you know, I don't want to put but make it too good a thing, but for us was was a, quite a godsend because it was a big reset button for a lot and of people. it did, didn't it? It enabled us all to put a little bit of a spotlight on our businesses and where we'd perhaps been a little bit, not lazy is the wrong word, but we let things go. We really hunkered yeah. down, we examined and what we had. I think it all, also, as a, from a business owner, maybe more more aware of risk. So you, mm. you're plodding along, expanding, growing, expanding, growing. You know, supplies fine, money's fine. You're just trying to tackle, getting your head around running a business. And then something is devastating, COVID hits. And that like, okay, so post-COVID, right, I'm a lot more prepared now for things that go wrong. Mm. And after, after COVID, things got even worse um, in terms of supply and, and markets. And, yeah. and so being able to adapt, make quick decisions within a business, be rational, taking advice, being more diverse. And now we've, now we've come up, now we've gone through a big, huge demand cycle within our industry the, the big problem is like no supply ma massive oversupply now we're in the, now we're kind of settling down a bit which is for business stability is, is a good thing for much be better thing for growth and uh, stability um uh, and also post-covid like mark was saying um you've the, the the businesses that weren't doing so well have have disappeared and the and the keener leaner businesses have now now come forward that means that when we're selling 
when we're selling to businesses, these are, these are much more solid and, and better run businesses than, than we were before. So the business is better than it was before. So that again, that from, from a building opportunity, that, that's another good thing for us to build upon. Um, uh, and also, not to blow my own trumpet, but we're an emerging brand. You know, I say we're emerging brand, we've been going 20 years. <laughs> um, but now I can see with a bit more clarity that the light at the end of the tunnel yeah. is, 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 I can see the end of the tunnel now. <laughs> and, and that tunnel is like success. Um, and like, okay, now I can really do the things I really wanted to do and never really had the time, never had the time or the money or, yeah. or the resources to do and put some fundamental um, building blocks into what is going to be a, a, a very successful and It's interesting, good business. Isn't it? really upbeat kind of um, some feedback and responses from you, Alex, but it's interesting that when you talk about brand, isn't it, that actually developing a brand, particularly in a product sector, take, you know, doesn't happen overnight. You know, maybe you know, Martin and I, you know, maybe local UK kind of markets, we can get out there, we can niche down, mm. we can build a business services brand quite quickly, but building a brand in the product space that's yes. worldwide takes it years and years and takes years. Takes years and it's about reputation. And if, yeah. and if you fall to any point, then that's not a good look for, from the outside world. So you really have to maintain the, the, the quality and all the things that you've promised that you're going to deliver to. That consistency. But, yeah. but it's quite interesting, and I suppose we'd all see it, you both sort of referenced it, is that, you know, this is tougher times and tougher times like we've had and perhaps, you know, from an economic condition we are going to have now does take the poorer competitors out of the market, leaving space for the good brands. And that yeah. is a real opportunity. I think, I th yeah, and I think we... It may be a little bit pessimistic about tougher times, and I'm sympathetic to you know there are people who are really really struggling at the moment, but you know it is media led. It yeah. is it's not um, it, it's not necessarily business led. It's it's so it's it's tougher attitude I think rather than tougher times, and you've got to be resilient and be able to understand what could be coming ahead. Brilliant. Thank you, Alex. Martin, your opportunities for this year? Yeah, well, I guess flipping back from the, the negatives, like everyone's done, you turn to positives. Clearly, if there's an issue with uh, attracting talent and we talked around salary inflation and stuff, there's an opportunity for us as a third-party agency, recruitment agency, to support those businesses to really find talent. Um, so I think there's huge opportunities. We've seen it in the um, employment market in the UK, massive amounts of investment. Most organisations have double-digit growth in the last year. Um, and I think going back to your point then around the sort of, I guess, the competition, I think actually there's been a bit of a rise in the specialists and a rise in the boutiques in our space compared to some of the more high street and inverted commerce recruitment agencies where it's been a bit one size fits all approach, quite transactional and how they've recruited. People don't want that anymore. They want people that are true thought leaders in their space. They're ambassadors to the brands they work with and they're a little bit more strategic and how they do recruitment, which has probably been some of our success. Because as I say, you can be any recruiter, you'll see huge volume since we come out of COVID and as I say, that big investment. But I think the differentiator between having a good year and having a very good year, as I say, is that approach to market and just being a little bit more strategic. I think the other thing as well is um, from a flexible working point of view, we've all realized that you don't need, I appreciate hospitality, that might be different. <laughs> you need chefs in the restaurants to obviously yeah. to, to cook the food. But, you know, in, in, in business services, um, you know, we're seeing now that actually you can work from home. I know it's something you guys have done in, in your business as well, that agile working model. And actually that then allows from a talent pool, geographically speaking, if you're a Dorset based business, 
you know, actually you can attract people from Berkshire and Surrey and parts of London. We've seen a lot of migration from people moving out of the city into the sort of suburbs and the beautiful coast that we live on down here, which we all love living here. Um, and actually, again, that's allowed a wider talent pool for business to attract talent. So there's huge opportunities there in 2023. And, you know, like everyone, every other guest here, you know, I'm very excited by that. And um, yeah, as I say, I see massive, massive opportunity. Brilliant. It's great to hear you, all three of you, so upbeat. And my next question was, you know, is your plan for 2023 to hunker down or batten down the hatches or, you know, front foot forward? And clearly, I don't think I need to even ask the question. It's clearly front foot forward. But there will be those listening to this podcast that perhaps, you know, don't feel quite as confident about the business or the environment or it's their first recession they're going through or first tough period in business. So have any of you got any insight onto any strategies that you would you know, give, provide, and things that you've done in the past and are gonna do now to really push forward and do a lot more than survive in 2023? Uh, yeah, so I think for me, you know, COVID, and again, we keep coming back to COVID because it still feels quite raw, I suppose, but you know, really simplified the business. I, you know, I, I'd been guilty of creating quite a complicated business in the sort of 15 16 years pre-covid and actually one of the things that i'm so excited about this year is just getting back to those basics you'd have to have a pretty young business not to have been through a tough time i suppose wouldn't you because it's been a particularly turbulent sort of three or four years but coming out the back of it whether it's been you know sorting out your your finances really going through every line on the profit and loss account and working out where's where's wasted expenditure whether it's really getting into okay you know what are the customers you know genuinely want from a restaurant you know we'd gone off on on a few sort of tangents from doing cocktail kits that could be delivered to your house from having a, a loyalty scheme where we would drop off hampers of local food to your house where we started to employ our own butchers and bakers and, and you know making everything that we could possibly make under one roof and they were all great and we learned so much on them and it was a really exciting journey but you know I'm so excited to just get back into the core aspect of the business which is you know train the staff really really well so you get really really good customer service mm. train the team really well so they cook and make amazing food and work much more closely with with the suppliers there's less suppliers now a lot of the suppliers you know went under in, in COVID as well so rebuilding those relationship with the suppliers and then just creating really beautiful venues you know music and the ambience and the atmosphere so your your sort of advice to somebody listening to this would be I suppose it follows on a bit from what Martin was saying is niche down understand what you're really good at yeah, really simplify just simplify. simplify get rid of the focus. noise get rid of all of the random things and all of the noise and all the stuff that maybe one day might be nice just focus on the core stuff in this year but as business owners entrepreneurs founders whatever you want to bash the four of us then we like the shiny new things don't yeah. we and it's quite hard <laughs> to not get yeah. distracted by them yeah. Yeah. it's taken me 18 years Warren to get to this point where I've decided to go for the simple stuff but you know it feels yeah. like 2023 is <laughs> the year I think it's also maybe stripping it back. I found during the pandemic, and I'm, I'm out of everyone here, the probably newest uh, business owner. Um, so I guess for me, it was my first real challenge with it. But I think what I found sort of getting through it was actually stripping it back to why I set up the business in the first place. What was actually my vision? What, what, why was I doing it? Why was I not just going into a, a nine to five job, you know, paid employee and, 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 and sort of cracking on with that? And I think that helped, and my advice to anyone that's going through challenging start to 2023 is, <clears throat> Don't lose sight of why you set the business up. What is, you know, what was the vision? Why did you do it? Was it to, you know, was it a lifestyle business? I know that's been banned around yeah. a lot, but was it looking at accelerated growth? Are you looking at diversifying your service offering? Whatever it may be, I think stripping it back, because I think we've all got, we've all perhaps lost sight at times around our business and the vision, what we're doing. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's very easy to lose sight of that when you go through tough moments. Actually, do I pivot? 
stay on course to your point strip it back make it simple as Mark says and, and that would be one thing that I would yeah. strongly advise people Brilliant, isn't it? it's good it's one of the things you know three words I always use and it's in these times I think you do need to go back and reflect on this focus passion and belief because when we all started our business or got involved we had focus we had passion and we had belief sometimes along the way particularly if you're taking a bit of a kicking from time to time yeah. it's easy to lose one of those three but you do need all three yeah. to really thrive don't well, you? I think the important thing is um Motivation, because yeah. without that, if you're not motivated to either run your business the way you want it, the way it wants to be run, you you are going to struggle. Your business mm-hmm. may fail because you're not motivated, because you're not going to do the extra things that you might be required. You know, there, there were times when when we run our business, you know, it it was the only thing kept in the game was our passion, and yeah. you know, I strongly believe that, that you know, the things we we do put ourselves through, and take those risks that, to get to the other side. That's that's the extra thing that's required to be a successful business the, mm. this day and age. Definitely. So I think motivation is key, and stay away from demotivation. Yeah. So the media is is very negative. Mm. Um, it's all very much doom and gloom. Um, I can't remember the amount of time my mum rings me up and says, "Oh, what are you doing about about the energy bills, etc." So it's yeah you've got you've you've got to have a right mindset and we're all very positive people in the room that that's that's great for us but you've got to learn if you're finding things hard it's usually it's the emotional trauma that that's probably finding hard more anything else mm. but if you've got a positive attitude you know maybe your business is going to fail but okay you'll fail you'll liquidate it start again start something new that's, that's something to look forward to mm. so i think if anything is um you know Talk to other people. Take take advice. Understand what what you want to do. It's important to you as a person, as a business, and and more importantly, stay stay motivated and focused on what you want to achieve. Yeah, brilliant. I think Alex is right about just turning the media off, isn't it? I used to have twenty four hour news on behind you know my desk when I was working quite regularly, and it's probably been years since I've done that. Just switch it all off. Mm, it? Just yeah. switch off that constant negativity. You can pop into the newspaper and have a little look, you know, once a day maybe, just to keep abreast of anything important. But that constant twenty four hour news cycle, it's like yeah, get that out of your head. You don't need it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. There is a spin there, isn't there? That you know. Bad news is what they want to put out. It does promote people get to listen, but you can't get dragged into it. And I suppose that, you know, neatly kind of leads on, you know, from what you were saying, Alex, is, you know, okay, so naturally, you know, perhaps a lot of business owners will be more extrovert, more upbeat, more kind of confident, more motivated in their approach. But linking that, you know, in terms of what, how our teams are feeling, um, you know, they are in perhaps employed roles, feeling a little more insecure, perhaps some of the energy crisis really starting to hit. And, you know, looking at, Martin, what you were saying about staff attention being key in 2023, you know, I, I open the floor to, you know, what are you guys doing to make sure that you are looking after your team, you have got their well-being at heart, um, you are looking at back after their kind of mental health in these uncertain terms, you know? What are you doing? Yeah, so I, I've just been getting back much closer to the team than I've been for years. Now, partly that might be down to circumstance because you know I've sold a couple of restaurants, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I, over the Christmas period, I know I've got a particular chef, we didn't really have enough hours for him. And, and I just wanted to get to know the guy and understand him a little bit better. And it's been donkey's years since I've probably gone to that level of effort with a relatively junior member of the team to sit down. It was, you know, it was in the, in the holiday period, the restaurant was shut, 
um, so just after Christmas, everybody was off, uh, and I sat down for an hour and a half, and I, and I dug deep into his, you know, sort of history. He was he was um, born in Venezuela, then he moved over to Chile, and he came around the world, and just really showed an interest, and it was genuinely fascinating to follow his story and and hear about his journey and some of the challenges that he's got, and the fact he he wants to you know buy a house, and then look at ways we could help him out, and just try and find. And we probably wouldn't have done that historically, but again, it's that reminder of if you work in hospitality, you probably like people, mm-hmm. you know, and unless we have really good, energized, passionate, enthusiastic people who are looking after the customers they're going to have a bad visit and it's been again a reminder to let's spend the time get to know the team I want to get back to the point where you know I know everybody's you know um, name I know a little bit about their history I know what their passions are I know what drives them I know what their plans for the future are if they want to open their own restaurant or if they're just study they're just working in a restaurant because actually they, they want to study in their spare time and go into a different sector and, I, and certainly on a personal level I'd lost that connection so a lot of it I think is just it's just yeah improving that relationship it should be symbiotic shouldn't it the the company that they work for and the team themselves it should be a relationship that benefits yeah. both it shouldn't be too far one yeah. way so understand spend more time with your team and treat them more as individuals and yeah. I suppose Martin I turn to you knowing your business you know, in a little way as I do you know you've got quite a young team yeah. so do you think there's a difference in approach you're going to have to adopt or definitely and, and you know one of my biggest challenges my team a lot of them are based uh, outside of Dorset you know a lot of them so, are they're, remote so they're remote workers so actually having that face time I mean Mark's a great point staying closer to the team and, and I, I you know try as best I can but it's really difficult as we all know it's really difficult to sometimes get that engagement when you're just doing it via sort of teams or you know remotely so um, you know dig it wrong I've got to London and, and stay connected with them but it's it's more challenging when the team is quite sort of uh, you know quite, quite sort of nationwide and quite remote based so I think for me you know again sort of talking a bit elaborating what Mark was saying there um, you know use me as a soundboard you know that old cliche sort of line you know the doors was open the phone's always on but I want to make sure I'm as accessible as I can for the team even if it's just you know I had a minister just before we, we came in today someone just wanted to share their successes and I could tell she just wanted to tell me that she's had a good call and a, you know a job that she's landed and that's great and I want to be there as the voice to, to help and guide and I always say to them, you know, we're not a KPI-driven recruitment agency. We, we try and be different in how we do things. I get the guys uh, to, to sort of create their own um, sort of metrics that they can sort of achieve themselves. But I think for them, it's just ensuring that we're, we're as responsive as we can. As I say, I'm there as a soundboard. We're there, you know, we do training and other implementing other things as well. But what we try and do is we try and do like a, we're doing like a buddy up scheme within the business. So it's almost like a bit of a, a mentor or a peer to peer, someone in the team. So it's not just everything vertical up to Martin. You know, they can kind of have those other people to talk because yeah. to your point, it is a quite a young team. Uh, you know, for four of my members of staff, this is their first job out of university. So they don't know anything else. So they're kind of, and as you well know, in recruitment, as you can imagine, in the sales role, it's highs and lows, right? Yeah. You know. You, you know and for them it's it's just making sure actually just talk to each other talk to the person that joined six months ago because they've just been through every emotional roller coaster that you've just been through as well I can sit here and talk to them around my 14 15 years of recruitment oh it's okay you have good and bad times but I think actually to a degree the empathy they're probably going to get is, is going to be better from peers okay. of theirs that's yeah. going to understand it more so I'm just trying to get the team to be joined up with each other uh, and, and having that peer-to-peer sort of thing and I find that's really helping with their own sort of mental well-being and feeling connected yeah. and joined up I with love the business. that approach and obviously that's going to help everybody feel a bit more connected when they are working more on a hybrid remote model if you Yeah are. exactly and we have access to, to co-working spaces across London so they can come and plug into the, a coffee shop wherever they need to be but um, again I think that's been really really powerful to have those sort of yeah. um, other people in the business to support them. I, I think what's um, very important in, in 
especially when when there are lots of concerns with employees and staff is that you've got clear lines of communication and that people understand that they can communicate if they have got concern and if it's concerned with their, their next superior that they can go to somebody else mm. within the business mm. or if it's something personal there's something set up in place uh, that they can go and speak to or there's there's some there's somebody in the business that, that that's there to listen to them and also coming down the other way that this is for, as an employer this is our expectations of your performance this is what you want to be seeing out of you um, this is this is where, where your milestones are so there's no confusion about what's expected and what's required mm. but also if you need anything from us you can talk to us and we're here, here to understand so it's and it's setting that balance and getting that right um, and I think it's also important that, that there is there is a good right to apply as well so again that two-way communication from the top of the business right down to the bottom of the business because some of the things that some of the bottom business is being exposed to you know, myself who, who running the business might not be aware of it and it could they can expand and um, uh, be amplify and be quite a big thing yeah. and you may find that particular person is really struggling and doesn't, doesn't know how to communicate so I think for, for, for in answer to your question what, we, what we're doing is understanding what we need as a business make sure it's implemented we've got to a stage now in our business that we we need a a solid HR foundation to the business. So we've always uh, done HR within the business as best we could. But I think now we're at a size we need to really have a dedicated... Professionalise um, that kind of aspect. Of the professionalise business. aspect. I think you probably went through through something similar. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's um, the size you are now, Alex, and yeah, it transformed our kind of world. Yeah, so, and, it, and you know, we try and do as best we can, but we aren't trained professionals in HR. We only know what we've yeah. learned on the job. So... That, uh, that's our intention this year is, is really doing a lot of work on the people side of the business yeah. um, which which is I'd say it's, you know it's a long time coming um, it's and that's really interesting isn't it because one way of that is yeah making sure you get to know your team you understand them you're, you're giving them time you're giving them time to talk to each other but actually what you've said there Alex makes a lot of sense in that you they need clarity as well what the expectations are it's uncertainty isn't great for anybody in a team. Yes, yeah, it, to know it, what, what their as as you own the are. business, you know, I, I fall in that trap all the time that yeah. people should know what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Do that in relationships as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, I suppose we're just finalising that kind of conversation around people. Um, Martin used in his kind of intro this kind of war on talent. Is a you know. We're seeing that war on talent ease a little bit, and the you know people become becoming available in the marketplace. I don't know if you're all feeling and seeing that, um, or and what do you think you're going to do differently in 2023 to attract talent? Maybe Alex, I'll come to you first, then I'll go to Mark, and then I'm going to end with the professional engagement. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's it's a case of. Um, at making the business look attractive from the outside world, which is what we always do anyway, uh, but also ensuring that we're not only we are externally marketing the business, but we're internally marketing the business mm. as well. So when somebody comes into the business and, and everybody who joins our business comes and meets everybody in the business, they walk around, they can they, they can they can introduce themselves to anyone in the business. 
and they get a good feel of our culture and you know, the smiley faces. They do. Yeah. You you walk around the business and people come up to you and they smile and how how are you doing? It's yeah. that it's culture. that yeah. it's that kind of which is quite unusual in a manufacturing business um, because we're all a bit busy working making widgets, but yeah. it's that kind of mix of culture that, that we have in our business. So it's 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 that factor of making sure that you have got that culture embedded in your business. And when somebody comes in, in into for whether it's for an interview or prospectively if they're, they're coming in as a supplier, you never know how they come into the business. They get a, they get the right impression, a true impression of who you are. Brilliant. Thank you. Culture is what it is all about, isn't it? Definitely. And if you can promote that culture to the outside world, you become that kind of employer choice, don't you? Yeah, so I think for us, again, get going back to that sort of idea of, <clears throat> excuse me, of simplicity and, and understanding the business a little bit better again. You know, for years, we've spent hundreds of thousands of pounds on, on marketing and all these initiatives and ideas. But the, the thing that makes the biggest amount of difference to our customers coming in is, is customers recommending each other. You know, it's that word of mouth kind of thing. And I think it's the same in hospitality, basically. I've, I've always thought if you work in hospitality, you should come and work for somebody like us. I, you know, we're independent. We, we really, you know, genuinely love the sector. We're all about good food and, and fairness. And we're starting to see by getting back to that, you know, what we were talking about just now about, you know, getting to know the team better and, understanding their desires and looking after them a little bit better they are you know recommending us to their peers and that's so much more of an effective sort of marketing strategy or a recruitment strategy because then they also get on and what we've also had is we've had a number of people come back to the business that maybe you know haven't been with us for for a few years you know we got a little bit bigger we maybe we lost our way a little bit but actually they go off out there into the world and find out you know what a you know they were pretty good anyway and b now that they're back to their sort of old selves so we're we're you know really focusing in on i suppose retention you know let's not lose the people we've got because actually it's quite a, a a sort of transient sector yeah. hospitality so if we really look after them and then they go out they do the work for us they talk to their peers they bring people in um so i'm 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 nervous because you know, recruitment in hospitality has been dire. But I keep saying to my team, we don't need to fill. You know, there's 200 odd restaurants in Bournemouth. We don't need to fill 200 restaurants. We've just got to fill one. Mm-hmm. So we just need enough team members to recruit one. So let's just be really, really good at what we do. And then if the customers are happy, the staff are happy, and vice versa. So, but I do live in this deluded, optimistic world where it's all going to be okay, Warren. So ask me the question in six months' time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we sometimes, you know, it's a good point. We sometimes forget it, don't we? Is actually you know, getting our team to recommend people to come and work within our businesses we know they're, if they're happy then bring others to the business is yeah. a great way of addressing the war on talent and you can do that with, a, with an actual strategy of going okay you know you get 250 quid for every person that you bring yeah. in that gets through their probation or, or you know you might not need to do that because if they're actually happy and motivated enough then they want to you know yeah. show off a little bit in the same way that when you take your friends to a restaurant you want to be proud of it and you want to show them how good it is the team want to do that if they've got peers who work in the sector they want to go no come and work at our place you know it's really really good so yeah hopefully yeah. we won't even need the 250 quid for <laughs> <laughs> so I said at the start this question move to the professional Martin I don't know about that well I'll do my best I mean I think I'm not going to come with any particularly scientific answer or revolutionary type thing here I mean I think for us as a business I totally agree with Mark word of mouth is is really powerful we found that we've had a couple of people join us from competitors um, that we've sort of headhunted other people and they've come in on the back of referrals they trust us right you know our procurement leaders who who are they which agency which recruiter they're going to use they're going to talk to their peers who have you used who have you enjoyed and, and that's how we've, to be honest with you, that's been a big part of our growth strategy. 
Um, I think it goes back to kind of the value proposition though and kind of what I was saying earlier around our sort of route to market and what we represent as a, a recruitment partner. And we use that word a lot. We talk around partnerships and collaboration. And, and showing up differently in the market. You know, I'm sure like, you know, your restaurants and, in, in, you know, in your business as well, Alex, that you want to make sure you show up differently because there's a lot of, let's be clear, a lot of recruitment agencies in the UK. I'm sure you've dealt with them a lot in your sectors as well, good, bad and indifferent. So you kind of got to think around how do you want to show up differently? What do you want to be? And I, I talked earlier around that sort of thought leadership piece. That's why I'd, I do my, my podcast, Talent Talks, to get procurement leaders on. It's a great access tool to get procurement decision makers in a room to talk around their careers, their background. And actually, we're generally, as recruiters, we're generally interested in what's going on in the market, where it's talking around you know, sustainability, where it's talking around you know, DNI, all those issues that every business is facing in the UK. We want to know about it. We want to talk to them. And we've got this almost private access, as I'm sure you have with your guests, for them to talk around themselves. Naturally, that builds up rapport. And naturally, long term, they'll hopefully work with us and use us and, and, and sort of build that relationship further. But no one's really doing that in our sector. They probably listen to this and, and more will do it. But no one's really doing that in our sector at the moment. And I think the other thing, going back to the team, so that's externally facing and how we, we kind of get engagement um, and attract people into the business. And talking around the retention piece, I just want my team to enjoy it. I can talk around, we offer good training and with the support and, you know, give them the flexibility to work where they want and do, you know, within reason, do what they need to do to get the job done and be very output led by the result of hiring someone. But we want them to enjoy it. First and foremost, because I've worked, as I'm sure we all have, in businesses and organisations where I've not enjoyed the job. But you know what? I paid the bills. I worked with some relatively interesting businesses and I kind of was learning some stuff, but I wasn't enjoying the job. So my major thing for the team and I guess one of my major sort of um, mission statements when I set Talent Drive up was I want people to enjoy where they work and I want them to have to feel that because if they enjoy where they work we're going to get good results and good output and they'll probably hopefully stay you know for, for a long period of time so I think for me that's what I'll be looking for any business I'll be active encouraging do your team generally enjoy what they do yeah. are you empowering them to do the job correctly while giving them the right support without you know micromanaging them and, and you know, the stuff that's that's poor practice so yeah Brilliant. not revolutionary but you know that's, yeah, that's well, I don't think there's not, there's not an answer there's not a, there's a, not a, a revolutionary no. answer to no. you know that kind of recruitment issue and how to attract good people in times when it's easy to recruit let alone when it when it's kind of a bit tougher I want to move on to two sort of key subjects taking them each in turn that I think you know will you know come more to the fore even more than it, perhaps it has in recent years and those two themes are around kind of that sustainability issue and also kind of tech and AI so let's do sustainability first I mean how are you all approaching sustainability and some of those kind of net zero objectives that are being you know, driven as an agenda within your businesses uh, and how important is it to you within your businesses Alex can I come to you first yeah I mean you know we use a lot of energy Mm. it's you know we transport things around the world yeah. we make things that use energy so we do use a lot of energy we have a high impact so yeah there's no going around that and there's no revolutionary way to make loudspeakers that, that doesn't do that mm. i wish there was um and through the 20 years we've been running the business that it's never really been a forefront of our minds a lot of it's been about coping and surviving yeah. and and i'm i'm, I'm saying this because I think there's a, there's a lot of businesses that are faced with those same issues mm. and th something like you know, the, the environmental impact is now so much more relevant and so much in the forefront of our minds 
it's like and we are as a business we're in a position right okay we can make environmental choices now we we, we you know, it might cost us more money we might not want to pass that cost on to the customer but they are fundamental though and it's and it's really around about how we make things and how we run the business so really a lot of that is is going to be investment and it's financial investment which to be you know to be frank there isn't a lot of help with with that from um, no. from the government but that doesn't negate our responsibility to make sure we put those things in place um and we've looked at a lot of different ways of saving energy um and um, making energy and re- recycling different materials over the last three or four years. Mm. Nothing has really been, it, it has to make business sense for us to, to do it. That's the first sense. There's no point in doing something because it's environmental friendly, but if your business is going to fail, it's not going to work. So you always battle the commerciality mm. and the environmental impact. That all being said, as we move on, we, that's going to be a forefront of our minds. So when we move building, is it fully insulated? Mm-hmm. Is there a way we can recycle our, all our waste products more efficiently? Mm-hmm. Are there ways we can manufacture that reuses our own waste so we don't have to transport the waste out and have it come back to us? So in terms of um, product development, mm-hmm. it's almost how we're going to reuse and reuse our materials. That's what we'll be looking for. But these aren't short, quick right. solutions. These, these are things you'll have to build into the business. You don't, okay, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to buy recycled uh, toilet paper tomorrow. That, that sorts out all the rainforest. That's not the solving problem. They, there are fundamental changes you have to have to do with the business. Mm-hmm. If you start from scratch, that might make things a bit more easier. Yeah, but uh, with 20 years of legacy and existing product, yeah, it becomes yeah, more difficult. So it's, it's not an excuse. I'm just being realistic. <laughs> okay, brilliant. <laughs> Great, honest answer. And it is true there, isn't it? And I think the business has got to become sustainable in terms of financially stable, commercially stable, and to get to the point where if you're an established business, you really can put your eye and attention onto these things. Um, but I suppose that challenge is there will be a startup in your sector, Alex, that is thinking very environmentally, sustainability, and maybe they'll take some market share because consumers are demanding that and wanting that but that's the oh, balance. I, I wish that was the case but yeah, yeah. I don't think it is okay um, Martin it's a difficult one I guess because um, I sit on the other end of the podcast sometimes or indeed the phone call talking to procurement leaders where the sustainability agenda the ESG yeah, agenda has to be yeah, it, they just you know and you know we work with a lot of big big retail clients in you know and that FMCG sector and, the, and you know we're actually high at the moment for example for one of our energy clients an actual procurement manager that's carbon net zero that's that's the person's job is to ensure that or, you know the energy solutions to people's homes is sustainable and is is you know is is going towards the net zero commitment so our our clients are absolutely on the agenda and I'm generally interested in it what's tough for us is as a services business where we're all remote based at home you know, how do we drive that? How do we drive sustainability within a recruitment agency that's that's quite sort of, you know, dispersed around the UK? So, you know, the obvious thing for us is travel and our behaviours around how we travel, i.e. do we need to travel to that client and get on a plane up to Newcastle or wherever or, or indeed yeah. travel up down to wherever it may be or can we do that remotely? So I'm trying to change the behaviours in the team but we could do, let's be clear, we could do a lot more uh, and we should be doing a lot more and I'm trying to educate myself uh, and the team to ensure that our own you know, um, buying behaviours are correct. Um, it's quite difficult to control that, as I say, in our sector, but yeah. um, there's more to be done for us, definitely. Brilliant. Again, very open, honest answer. Mark? 
Right, have we got a couple of hours, Warren? No. <laughs> the thing is, the thing we'll is with two minutes. Yeah, okay. The, the thing is with, with with the environment and sustainability is is actually you know what what we eat and drink is the biggest impact that we can have. Yeah. Travels mm-hmm. up there, but actually what we eat and drink now is it is it my job? It's a really complicated thing, but you know is it, is it our job to educate the public around that, yeah. around where their food and drink comes from, and what they should and shouldn't be eating from a sustainability perspective, or actually do You've we definitely then had that in your gender in the past? To 100%. Be that person. Yeah, well, so we've always concentrated on local, ethical, seasonal food, following the seasons. You know, if, if I find out the team have been flying strawberries over from you know from from Europe, um, so they can have them in December and stuff, you know, I'd go crazy. It's just it's just ridiculous. The difficulty is, and, I, and I've looked, you know, actively looked at the B, B Corp kind of. Uh, accreditation mm. and I really really struggle because fundamentally if the consumer doesn't care and and you know it's great to hear that the Martin that you know procurement companies and big you know companies care because I really don't believe that people care enough because if they did they'd change their diets and they'd talk about it more and they'd go to the kind of restaurants that do that fundamentally people want to go out and have some nice food they want to have a treat they want to go out and have a few drinks and and, and I we've got to try and walk that line because I think we're better informed than most members of the public. So actually, you know, where we get our food and drink from, you know, the fact that we'll work with local farmers and, and we'll follow the seasons and, you know, we'll only get the vegetables in that are being grown within a relatively local area, all that kind of stuff, you know, we, we just do that. And we just do it, you know, whether it's quietly or whether it's noisily, it doesn't matter. But I haven't been in that sector for 18 years and been for banging that drum. I can say that most people don't care. You know, it's like it's like the whole plant-based movement. You know, you can have a hundred percent uplift in something that's zero point five percent of what you sell on your menu. Mm-hmm. So great, you know, wow, it's huge growth. It's huge. It's still bugger all of what we're doing. People want to go out and they want to enjoy a nice fillet steak and a portion of chips. That's the reality. So yeah, I really, it's really complicated. So I think we're doing our bit, but I think it would be wrong to say that we're nailing it because if we were nailing it, we'd be running a, a vegan restaurant that just sells, you know, green smoothies yeah. that have been grown two miles away. But it has been. I think you know, give you credit. It has been from day one. You know. What was that? Seventeen years ago, that kind of source locally. It, well, you know, what, been, it's yeah. always been something on your agenda, hasn't yeah, it? And what, I don't think you've lost the passion. No, before. not at it's all. It's just no. a reality check. Yeah. It? Well, you know, where where do you get your fish? You know, how how is that fish caught? Is it bottom trawled? You know, and the, the, if you're if you're trawling the bottom of the ocean to catch your fish, you're, you're dredging basically these big sort of wooden beams, and you're killing all of the wildlife that's on the bottom of the sea, or are you line catching your fish? It, it's just phenomenally complicated and nuanced. But even even if you go to be a B Corp or something, they don't get into that level of detail. It's 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 such a big ignorance is bliss. You're better off just not to know, <laughs> but if you get into the detail, so I, I'm still really passionate about it. I still love it, but it's the cost which is why side. I said it's two hours. It's a two-hour well, conversation, it, Mark, I guess, because it sounds wonderful. Well, that's the paper same order, isn't it? Uh, Alex uh, could produce a speaker, yeah, exactly. Of, you know, yeah. material that was all yeah. uh, recycled, but the cost and everything, and like, would it have a place in the market? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's there's a duty to educate, but my prime objective is to supply. So if you're supplying and trying to educate, it's like. Hey, have have this have this nice product. And by the way, did you know? That, yeah, I'm just interested in the product. Mm. So it's human nature is the, is 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 the is the cause yeah. fundamentally of the environmental impact. And unless we all change our yeah, attitudes but overnight, but I think that's what we're starting to see is consumer is changing. They're starting to ask yes. a few more questions, aren't they? But maybe not in enough depth. And again, maybe there's a bit of spin. Some, like some people media. are. Some people are definitely. There's there's more people asking, but it's still a, in, yeah. in in our sector. I think they'll ask if it's easy. It's like going on holiday. And how many people are not going yeah. on holiday because of the environmental impact of yeah. flying? Some people are, but most people will go. I'm really cold. It's really dark. It's been raining for months. I'm going on holiday, mm. and and it's difficult. It's yeah. the same in food. It's like I want I want to eat the steak. I get that. I want to go to, on holiday on a plane. I get that. 
it's really it's, it's a challenge isn't it because if you know yeah we need to understand how desperate the situation is i don't know the answers i, I suppose as business leaders and owners it maybe it's my philosophy you know we would not be perfect are we but we've got to um have it on our agenda address it 100%. do the right yeah, thing 100%. and yeah, i think yeah. that does come back to one yeah. of the b corp principles i like yes. is having a book you know running a business for purpose Definitely, and I think if we start to do that, we start to address those issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. sound um, maybe negative there. The, the the journey is the trajectory is improving. Yeah, it's just slow. Okay, moving on to think about tech. Then you know we are in this world where everybody's talking about AI, metaverse. Um, you know, I'm a bit of a tech laggard, so I kind of struggle with all these terms, and I you know how am I going to have to shape or frame my business to deal with it. You know, uh, any of you in that space and thinking about how tech is really going to change your businesses, perhaps, you know, in 2023 into 2024? I, I, everyone's looking around the room. I think, I, well, look, I think from a recruiting point of view, the, 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 the AI and the sort of automation piece is, again, to answer the question. So from, I guess, focusing on the recruitment side of things, you know, we're, we're having to be tech savvy, you know, whether it's our, our systems to be generating candidates through, you know, whether it's actually the systems we use, all of that stuff, We you simply have to have some level of proficiency in technology. That's the reality of 2023 and more. So we're having to embrace that. I think that the challenge then is it's whole the whole robot replacing the human type thing and how, do, how far does that shift? How far does that go? You know, do you need, do you need people or do you need, or can automation sort of, and that's the big billion, question which again I probably don't have the answer to but uh, you know I think for us this year you know um, there's so much innovation going on this I mean we get so many I'm sure everyone does sales calls around this yeah. new tech products coming in do you want to work with this 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 so there's clearly a huge market in that space yeah. but yeah in recruitment we're having to be um, you know a lot more and similarly with our procurement people the AI and robotics and automation around sort of doing tendering and that yeah. type of stuff as well is is quite prevalent and again it's the human side of it versus yeah. the the, the automation, um, yeah. which we're seeing all the time. Let's use an example of job boards, right? So you go to LinkedIn, you apply for a job, uh, you send out the CV. There isn't a human at the end of it often. It's obviously a filtering process, um, looking at sort of the algorithms of the wordings you put on your CV. So you could have the best procurement person in the world, but they haven't mentioned procurement a certain amount of times. They generally won't go forward and be fired into an HR manager's inbox. It's crazy, but that is the, the way yeah. that tech is going, particularly with things like LinkedIn. So um, is that right? I'd probably say probably not, um, but that is the way that the, the market's going. I suppose that's about the balance, particularly, particularly in a services business mm. that you and I are both in, it's about getting that balance using tech to be more efficient. Yeah, and uh, not to replace. But not my, to replace, because yeah. actually we're both in people businesses. Exactly. We? Alex? Yeah, I just carry on with that point. It's understanding how and where to use tech in the right place, because there's some things that, are, that do need automation, and there's some things you, you do need to do doing face-to-face -face. so I think that's very important is don't use tech for tech's sake yeah. I've I've recently been involved in three different software projects um, but the, even the process of implementation of those software projects are, are different between the three different companies and some of them are better than others but you've also got to be an expert on the software implementation and, and to actually implement the software in, in the first place but it, it's almost getting to a point that you need expertise to give you advice on the tech solution. So you know, a tech solution mm. for the tech solution. Because um, <laughs> there is, you know, there is so many innovations coming up and we use the words tech, but, yeah. you know, anything that's basically computerizing and goes down a bit of wire. Um, obviously, we're a technology company, so yeah. uh, um, our, te our 
business sector moves a little bit slower than, than the rest of the market, but it's we're always looking for something new. And I think for us, it's uh, the tech is is mainly about how we run the business, and also and it's not just how we run the business in terms of the the operations of the business, but the throughput of information and how we present information to the customer as well. That's something we, we're working on that, that's quite new. Is, and that's why we can have an advantage over our competition and the way we interface with our customers because our, our business our business sector is, is relatively small and um, it's not as developed as the consumer space so you, we we want to take some of the ideas that have been used in the consumer space that's 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 customer based and move that into our business sector so um, but I think what what is important is is it's, it is a full-time full time job just to research the tech. <laughs> and then once you've found the tech, is is that quite the right variant that you need? Yeah. Um, is there it, is so much, isn't there? There's there is, so much is, that, yeah. is that the most cost-effective? And can I effectively implement it yeah. and get it to work? Yeah. And then is it, is it more cost-effective than not having the solution I've got already? So it's a science in itself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> great, great answer. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, just the, the amount of time. I mean, sometimes it feels more like I'm running an IT business than it does a restaurant. And, and again, whether it's the stuff that happened in COVID, like, you know, everybody all of a sudden had to go to app-based ordering systems because yeah. we weren't allowed to actually see people face-to-face and then everybody starts to pay their bills by app. It feels a little bit like when all of the call centres went overseas and it was really convenient to the companies that moved their call centres mm-hmm. but not actually better customer service. And I think there's also almost been a little bit of a kickback now in the same way that we're bringing call mm-hmm. centres back to the UK sometimes. People are starting to go, you know what, like that ridiculous bot that, that jumps in every time I've <laughs> tried to, you know, you think you're going to be connected, you know, chat to us now. So you go, oh great, I'll chat to you now. And then you realise that you're talking to a computer that's got no idea. In the same way that when you phone people and it says, you know, what's, what's the nature of your inquiry and you realise you're talking to a robot and you just say I just want to speak to somebody would you a like you know and you're like oh my god so I hope we're going to have you know maybe maybe human beings will retake over some of this very soon and then in our world you know the other extremes you've got things like the metaverse and and restaurants opening in the metaverse and that just blows my mind and how vouchers that you purchase in the metaverse can be converted to a real drink you know in in the real world all of that was getting quite a lot of momentum because there was probably a little bit of money sloshing around and then covid came and nobody had any money and luckily it's all been binned for a while (laughs) i think zuckerberg zuckerberg's trying to fix that because for me running a restaurant in the metaverse was a leap too far but where it's really (laughs) useful definitely you know the database for marketing being able to send out emails to people knowing how many you know whether you you know as going back to what I said before if you don't eat meat you don't really want to be sent an offer from your local restaurant telling you about the offer they've got on steak and burgers but you'd love to hear about the you know the new salad or, or plant-based dishes you've got so that to you know com, the com, compartmentalizing the database and learning and, and knowing when our customers were last yeah. in not just because they booked a table but because they connected to the to the wi-fi or there was some sort of interaction or they checked in on facebook the more we can bring all of that together so we're not making ourselves look stupid the better yeah. and i think that's probably is that is a big next step for us all isn't it how do we use data better yes how do we collect you know the data that we all collect yeah yeah, but so many people countries. have jumped into that market. Alex makes a really good point, which is you need somebody to just go, yeah, I've tested all of this and this is the answer because there's just so much of it. Yeah, more bombarded, as Martin was saying, yeah. by the sales you, calls. Please tell me the answer as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Right. I'm going to need to wrap up our conversation. So I'm going to end with a conversa- uh, question for you, each of you, which is if you were to project yourself now through to December 2023, what would a good year look like for you all? Alex? Wow, that's a toughie. Um, <laughs> I think uh, the the things I've got planned for this year, if I get 80% of them done, that, that'd be fantastic. Um, for us as a business, it's it really actually about 
some of the um, some of the tech solutions that I briefly talked upon, and they are putting in the foundations to basically to put automation into a lot of the, the operational side of the business. Um, the the other big things was having the we have, we have a global structure of the business, having that fully up and running and work working well, um, and obviously to be be financially successful is always a bonus. So brilliant, yeah. great answer, Mark. Yeah, so I think the key one is, you know, I want to be really proud of what we're creating because we're getting back into that level of detail that I talked about and, and really understanding the more simple aspect of the business better. I want to create something that we can really hold our heads high and go, yeah, that, that's amazing again. You know, we lost our way a little bit about it, but we can just do better than we were. But the other one is exactly what Alex says, you know, it's a definition of a good business has to be financially solvent, sustainable. Um, we just need to make enough cash fundamentally in the summer to get us through the winter months. And we've not had a normal year now for probably four years because of COVID. Yeah. So a normal year where we're proud of what we've produced and we're financially successful. Brilliant. Last but not least, Martin. So I think uh, I would like by December 2023 to have gone on holiday uh, with my family and to have not checked my work phone and trust 100% that it's all good, at least for two or three days. That's Brilliant. a barometer of success for me, I think. And don't get me wrong, I've done that last year and generally been okay, but I've been a, yeah. a victim of last day just checking in on that. So I think... Uh, uh, a team that's completely, um, I guess, sort sort of sustainable and autonomous yeah. with yeah. their own delivery, um, which we're getting there. We're on the right sort of uh, yeah. path. And like everyone, you know, if we can have a happy, healthy team, which makes some some good profit and you see some level of growth, um, I'll be yeah, I'll be delighted. Brilliant. Going to turn to each of you, and I'll start with you, Martin. If people want to know more about you and yeah. your business, where can they go? Yeah. So yeah. So Martin with Talent Drive. So I'm, I'm yeah, TalentDrive.co.uk or Martin at TalentDrive.co.uk. Mark. Uh, go to the website urbangarden.co.uk for the business and I'm at Mark Cribb on all of the social media channels. Brilliant. Finally, Alex. Um, uh, if you go to voidacoustics.com, you'll find us there. Um, if you want to find me, I might be on Facebook. <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> Brilliant. Fantastic. I've really enjoyed the conversation with the three of you. Thank you for your time. There's some great insights in that conversation, which I'm sure our listeners will take away. Thank you to each of you. Thanks Thank very you. much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. My hope with every episode is that you've learned something new or heard something that challenged your way of thinking and further motivated you on your path towards becoming a more knowledgeable, informed and inspired individual and business leader. If you enjoyed this episode, then please help us by rating, reviewing and subscribing. We really value your feedback and would love to have you along for future episodes. And please don't forget to learn more about Evolve by going to evolvemembers.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week.